from Zamo Digital, welcome to the SaaS Marketing Superstars Podcast with your host, Aaron Sikowski. This is the show where we uncover proven growth strategies from CMOs and marketing leaders behind some of the fastest growing SaaS companies. Hey, superstars. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Aaron Zikowski, and today I'm chatting with Andy Mowat. Andy is the founder and CEO of Gated, a startup dedicated to cleaning up your email inbox and raising money for charity. Previously, Andy has led RevOps and marketing for unicorns, including Upwork, Box, and CultureAmp. Hey, Andy, how are you doing today? Hey, great to see you again, Aaron. Uh, great to have you on the show. Um, to start off, I'd love to have you just tell us a little bit about yourself and about your company, Gated. Yeah, um, I done some crazy things early in the career, including like running supermarkets in Eastern Europe and working on Wall Street. Um, but about 20 something years ago, I realized that if I wanted to stay in the Bay Area, tech was where it was at. And I cold called the CEO of, of Elance, which became Upwork and started working with him. And he threw me at every hairy project we could around like data and systems and strategy. And so I ended up rolling out marketing operations, sales ops, and uh, other areas for Elance. And, you know, I figured out what I was really good at. Um, and I've spent the last 20 years kind of helping companies scale. Um, generally, I will join a company in an earlier stage, but with product market fit and drive the rapid expansion. Um, about three years ago, I was just getting overloaded with email. So I wrote an email that said, I don't know you. Here's my Venmo link. And I really care about Wounded Warrior. If you donate, I guarantee I'll read your email. Uh, and I sent it to anyone that kind of annoyed me. Um, and people started donating. And like, I started asking 10 cents and people started donating 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks. And so I just kept iterating on it. And I wasn't, you know, there's a high bar for product market fit. And so I spent about a year and a half just iterating on gated on the side, didn't even have the name, didn't have the brand or anything like that, just with executives that also had the pain of email. Mm -hmm. And about a year ago, we took money and we took more money uh, in December of this past year. And then we launched really fully and loudly in uh, end of March. And uh, we are, our goal is to give away gated for free to millions of people. Um, it is completely free for users because we don't think you should have to pay to clean up the trash that's on your front lawn. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and then Gated basically gets funded by sender donations. So for a typical user, we'll take off 30 to 40% of their email, all the stuff from people they don't know, and we'll replace it with a couple donations. Um, the neat thing is on the flip side, senders are overloaded. Uh, senders are just not getting replies, right? The reply rate is dropping, which is why so many other forms of advertising are so critical. <clears throat> with Gated, small donation, the reply rate goes from typical like below 2% up to 46%. And so we're seeing that by killing the noise for everybody, we're able to make the world a better place. Great. Yeah. I mean, I've been using gated for a few months now and, and it actually is amazing by how much less, I don't want to say spam, but uh, I'll say unsolicited cold emails that have come to my inbox this way. Um, and and there've been a few who have, have paid the fee to the, the charity that I chose in order to get through. And, and the truth is I, I have read those emails. I've appreciated yeah. the fact they gave $2 and really isn't a lot of money to get in front of somebody. And um, it's, it's worked great. That's neat. Yeah. I remember when we first chatted about your use on, uh, on gated, it's fun to, to see people once they use it, they, they get it. Um, so yeah. Right on the public. yeah. And every day I spend just a couple minutes going through my, my gated inbox just to kind of see what might've gotten through there that I, I do actually want to see. And to be honest, there's usually not a whole lot, which means it's doing its job, but it's, you know, it's a two minute process. Just go through every day and see the noise and then make sure, yeah, that was just noise. I didn't want to check it out. So it's doing great. Yeah, that's cool. No, our, our uh, 
we think there's, I mean, it's fun that you're also in the advertising side or, or marketing generally, and you think deeply about it. And it, it just, I, I think about how the world will look different as gated starts to become more prevalent, which is really interesting. Yeah. For sure. So as you mentioned, gated becoming more prevalent, you know, it seems to me kind of following your story on LinkedIn and kind of following the company, it, it seems like you've got some great traction so far. And I think it's only been a few months since you've really gone live, right? Um, exactly. Kind of, kind of tell us, tell us what's going on in, in the company in these last few months and, you know, what, what's working and kind of how have you been getting this traction? Yeah, we have built a product users love. Um, it is easy to get started. It is completely free and you see value immediately. And then you also get to give money to your nonprofit. Um, so, you know, the first week's a little bumpy of like, whoa, 40% of my email is somewhere else. Um, but if people make it through that first week and, and kind of give us feedback, um, it's huge. So, you know, we're seeing like industry leading, PLG leading retention numbers. Um, so most people are making it through. Um, and once that happens, like people don't really churn um, because they've seen a better way. Uh, and on the sender side, you know, we were very conscious early on that we might see a negative reaction, which is, whoa, email's always been free. Why, you know, what's happening here? I don't like it. And I think that's the initial reaction, but I've had so many people in the sales side and we spent a lot of time talking to people that are like, didn't like it first, but then I realized how this actually helps me. And so now I'm donating to it. So we've got a whole page on like senders that love us. And I saw a podcast with the sales thought leader the other day. And he's like, Hey, my friend connected us. I actually don't think we should be talking. I, you know, when I look at what Gaten's doing, I, I don't think it's worth us talking because you stopped my business. I'm like, give me 10 minutes. And at the end of it, he's like, this is amazing. And now he's, he's a converted fan. So I think it's what we do is different. Um, and so I'd say we're monetizing well, we're retaining well. Um, there still is that awkwardness, you know? And so if you remember when the first time you got a Calendly, it mm -hmm. felt weird, it felt different. Um, and you're like, dude, you know, this person in position of power has told me to, I gotta go do the work instead of them giving me a couple of times. And, and so there was this like interesting power dynamic there, but then you realize it actually would save you a ton of time. You could just book and you'd be done. Um, similar dynamic here with gated for sure. And so we're working to change that perception of behavior and that doesn't happen fast. And so we're still in the early adopter phase, but we're starting to see that kind of like next wave of people in crossing the chasm. Uh -huh. So, so where, where is the growth coming from? Is it, is it your network? And you seem to know a lot, mm -hmm. a lot of people on LinkedIn, as you know, we have a lot of people in the same circles. Um, is it, is it the viral effect of people will re receive a, a gated response asking them, you know, to pay $2 to get into somebody's inbox and they'll see it and say, Hey, that's cool. And they go install it themselves. Where's the growth coming from? Coming from every one of them. Um, I'd say, yeah, our foundation of growth is user love, user advocacy, and happy to go deeper on some of the tactics we've run there. Mm -hmm. I think brand, we've spent a lot of time thinking through brand. And then there is the, vir the natural inherent virality of what we do. And we're spending a lot of time investing in that as well, too. Mm -hmm. um, those are kind of the core three that we've got so far. And then we're starting to turn on and test other channels as well, too. Mm -hmm. You touched on brand and you know, I got to ask you the domain name gated.com. How did you get that? seems like an, an amazing domain for a new company. It is. Um, the founder of Barracuda Networks cold linked in to me and we had a cool chat and he said, can I invest? I said, we've closed the round. He said to something to the effect of, Hey, I get it. Like there's the, you should just tip of word of advice. You should buy gated.com. And I said to him, Oh, I, Every time I pick up the phone to those folks, the price doubles. Um, and he's like, 
I know how to buy domains. So we agreed that if he was able to buy our domain for less than X, we'd let him roll that money into the deal. Um, and so he did, you know, a couple hours later, I got a text saying, Hey, I can get it for this. Mm -hmm. uh, are you good? I said, yes. And so he's now an investor in our company. Wow. Way to add value over there, I guess. Yeah. So you had been named gated beforehand. You just had some other we had, we had got 3D. We flipped the E. We were trying to be cute. Um, wow. But that was like the third name. Um, you know, naming a company really matters. I remember at CultureAmp, it was pretty obvious what we did, right? We helped people collect, measure, and act on employee feedback. We made culture better. Our competitor was Lattice. Like they've also got a good product. And so they've been growing very well too. But I think people should understand what you do really clearly and easily. Um, you yeah, should be sure. able to explain it in a couple seconds. And naming matters. And so, yeah, gated... Um, we kept iterating towards it, but we never had the domain. Uh, and then once we raised, um, our first round, it was just, you know, it was a great buy for sure. Yeah. Seems like it would be. Um, I noticed recently you were on product hunt, um, seems to have gone pretty well. Uh, number, number one product of the day over there, which is a great accomplishment. I think I saw over 700 upvotes over there. Um, how you pulled it off? Was it, you know, you had your community? Was it uh, about who who um, hunted the product for you? Can you tell us a little bit how that worked? I mean, at a fundamental level, I'd say two key planks. Uh, you, one is user advocacy. Um, mm -hmm. So we spent a lot of time taking users from, hey, I've used Gated to, wow, I've had some amazing experiences. Hey, I, I'll give you a testimonial to like, I'm here to help in any way I can. And so we've been really good at turning like, users into champions. Um, and so we activate a lot of those people. Product Hunt also doesn't let you go and sign up and just vote that day. And so we definitely spent a lot of time researching. I think you can Google like top thousand product hunters. And so we found that list and we basically figured out who did we know that we could get to and explain the product before we launched as well too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one thing I've noticed also on the uh, product advocacy, as you mentioned, it kind of just becoming evangelist. You know, I, I know I've certainly spoken about the product to many people and, and you've gotten me on board to some extent as an evangelist as well. Um, and I thought one of the really cool things that you did was, you know, you got on a call with me right after I installed the first time a few months ago. We didn't know each other. I, I think I'd seen some people I know communicating with you on, on LinkedIn, which is how I found you and how I found the product. But then you jumped on a call with me and we had a great conversation and I learned some things and shared some ideas with you. And, you know, because of that, you know, we've got this relationship now. Um, yeah, yeah. We we clear bid every single person that signs up. And, you know, we're able to very quickly see, like, who is that person? What's their background? Um, we're very conscious around what personas. Everybody has the pain of email. Um, we're pretty laser focused in on a couple personas to start, right? So marketing, rev ops, CEOs, um, product IT are kind of the ones and that have been like the primary B2B buyers and those are focused. So, you know, my guess would be when you signed up, you immediately popped to the top of my radar is like, Hey, he's in what we term an ICP. We've even got an emoji for it in Slack. And so awesome. then I think, you know, I just have taken the view of we want to talk to as many of those folks as possible and, and turn them into champions. Interesting. It's smart to hear that there, there's a a process behind that. It's not just every person that's signing up, you're, you know, taking a look at it and just kind of going to decide to talk to everybody, but you've actually got the clear bit and the whole thing in the back end, kind of yeah. uh, identifying who, who's worth the time. It's so valuable to be able to do. Um, yeah. We're, we're really disciplined around like, what is the persona of everyone that signs up? You know, like when we launched in March, we had a ton of salespeople sign up and generally we're not, you know, 
we are a tool built for users. We do have now some sales leaders doing it, but we we kind of had to tweak our onboarding flow to kind of dissuade those people from signing up because they, you know, they there is a chance that we will send a false positive here and there to somebody that maybe you know, but you haven't communicated with in a really long time. And so we haven't been able to pick it up. And, you know, as a salesperson, maybe somebody's, hey, Aaron told me about your great product. I want to be able to connect with you. And if that got a, a challenge, that would, that would, could hurt a sale. And so we've gotten, we're just super disciplined about what personas fit. Now, that being said, we opened it up in March and we let anybody sign up with anything. So about half of our user base today is personal Gmails. Mm-hmm. Wow. Can you, can you share with us a little bit in terms of what growth has looked like, even just percentage based? You know, you've, Started, 40% March, month right? over month for the last three months. Yeah. So what, we're what say again? 40% month over month. That's incredible. Yeah. 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 I, I think I said 30 on a PLG thing, but then we went around that was calculating it over 28 days. When you put it to a month, it's actually 40%. It's like you're hitting 40%. So it's been nice. And out of curiosity, do you have any data around, you know, how many people are actually paying to get through gated emails? Is, is that, is that working well? And people are paying? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's working well. We don't focus on opt. We focus on experience versus monetization right now. So, okay. a we want the user to have a great experience, and by that we mean like we want you to realize an immediate like inbox sanity. And then we also want the emails that we put in that inbox for donations to be relevant. Um, and so we're not trying to juice that donation ability. And then on the flip side, like. We want senders to get replies at a reasonable rate. Um, and so we are seeing, if I had to put a stat on it, I'd say between one and 2% of email, of challenge emails that we send, we're seeing a donation on. That's great. Yeah. That seems pretty impressive. It's, uh, it's definitely a pain. I remember a couple of years ago when we were trying to do some, some email outreach on behalf of my agency. And, you know, we spent... I don't know how much money with an agency that specialized in cold email and they had lots of great case studies. And, you know, we felt like we were really right on with our, our ICP and our persona and they just crickets, nothing, nothing really worked at all. And then, you know, a little while later, I was chatting with some, some friends of mine who, who are fallen to our ICP, you know, founders of, of SaaS companies and such. And they kind of like flipped their laptop around and showed me their inbox. Like, this is what it looks like. You're never going to get through this noise. Right. Exactly. And, and, and it sounds like there's a way to get through the noise. Now, those guys had gated for them to eliminate the noise and then for the, the the salesperson to actually be able to get through the noise, so it, it facilitates both. Well, um, I think I think the you know it, it is an interesting point around the noise, um, which is, you know we spend a lot of time early on. Like you always have to have an enemy, right? And uh, who who are you trying to beat? Who are you trying to kill? And we think the point is we're trying to kill the noise, and if we do that, it helps both sides. It helps users because they're just less flooded by noise, but it helps senders because they're no longer competing against other irrelevant ones, right? So when I opened up my inbox before gated, I spend the first 10 minutes just in a mode of let me get rid of all the stuff that's not relevant and then I'll move on to my day. Um, And so I'm in a mode of like negativity and non-receptivity towards my gated. You're looking at an inbox that's all relevant and you have a much higher problem. So not only have we killed the noise, but we've also changed the mindset of people looking at their email from, I got to get everything bad out of here to this is all good. And over there in that other box is like the stuff that's probably not relevant, but I'll take a peek at it periodically. Right. And, and I think there's an assumption on the part of the receiver that whoever sent me this email and was willing to pay the nominal fee must have thought twice about, is this really relevant to me? Is it really something that I should see? And if they're willing to, to stop and pay a few dollars, then it probably is something that's relevant to me, at least from their perspective. And uh, it's yeah. worth, worth you, the time to take a look. Yeah. There's also like the, um, the concept of, 
I, you know, there's that thing of like, Hey, we shouldn't shame SDRs or we should always give them a reply. And I've been burned so many times of like, Hey, I'm not interested. Then they keep trying to sell Intel gated. And then, you know, when they donate, they, they kind of acknowledge that my time's worth something. And, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's switch a little bit away from um, specifically talking about gated right now and look at some of the past experience you've had working with some of these other, you know, large companies that I think a lot of people are familiar with. Yeah. Um, you've had a lot of experience with, with, with go to market within those companies and RevOps in those companies. Um, we spoke earlier, you said you've developed some, some frameworks or ways of thinking about that, that, that maybe some of our listeners can learn from. Can you share some of those ideas? Yeah. I mean, so I'll talk first about like the non-paid stuff and then we can, we can talk about the paid stuff. Um, yeah. I'd say like brand works um, in every company I've been at brands been incredibly powerful. And so I've seen a lot of that playbook community to me is part related to brand, but different. And I think there's a lot of people talking about community now. And I think we, I figured out some great things there. Um, and then you've got to have a product that people love. Um, and if you have those three things, then you're, you've got a nice foundation and then you've got to figure out like, how do you juice it? Right. With, is it paid? Is it, um, is it interesting, different tactics as well too? And so I think that's my general view, but then every time somebody comes, like a CEO comes and talks to me about like, Hey, how do I grow? I always find, and what I found most is like the coolest part about demand gen or like marketing for me is what is that company uniquely good at? And how do I weave that through my go-to-market funnel versus just bolting something on, on top, right? So a good example is I was talking to one CEO and they, they send people on like, they send employees of their client companies on like amazing experiences. And they were talking about how do I bolt to Mangen? And I said, no, you, you've got the ability to literally have your users tell this amazing story. And so you've got your content there. I think with Gated, Early on, we figured out there were these moments of excitement and wow, and we could tap into those and we could then turn the people into advocates. And then also, if you think about our thing, you know, one of the big fears people have when they sign up for Gated is this is new, this is different. So if we could put social proof in there, we could make that an easier hurdle to jump over as well too. And so I'm a big fan of there isn't a perfect, there isn't an obvious, like, I remember when I was interviewing people for Demand Genetic Culture Amp, and one woman said this just really insightful thing of, I know that what I did last time won't work exactly the same, but I've got the experience to understand that and pattern recognize. And I think that's where I see people make mistakes is they say, I did it this way. I'm going to do it exactly that way. And so I, I try to, wherever I can, like customize the overall strategy to that company. And then, I, then you can run the tactics underneath that. Right. So, I mean, it, it sounds like what you said at the beginning, what was the, the underlying assumption, though, is that we've also got a strong brand, a strong community and product market fit. Um, yes. And I guess without those things, you can't even get to the point of, of I don't think you can't go to market yet, but you can't have that scaling level of, uh, of the marketing. Yeah, I believe that. And I believe I wouldn't go to a company where those things didn't exist. I'd be curious as you look and evaluate the clients you take on. Mm-hmm. Do you think about, hey, I this company doesn't have those those foundational things that is going to help me be successful um, or how do you evaluate those types of things? I mean, it, it's, it's funny, you know, fortunately we've found that as long as there's some product market fit um, and, and some brand there in a funnel that, that works, you know, we can usually help take a company you know, from, you know, you know, one or two to five, let's say within the, uh, within the, the growth stage, you know, we won't start with a company that's, that's just launching in beta, for example, yeah. for that same reason, like we don't know, 
if the product market fit is there. We don't know if their funnel is going to work, if their messaging is right. And there are so many things that can go wrong, even if we do a fantastic job of running ads for them, that it's most likely not going to work. And that won't be our fault, but we'll be blamed. So we generally try to avoid those companies, unless it looks like they're just doing a great company, but doing a great job with all those things. But there are stages where, you know, we've got companies who they've got the product market fit, you know, that's working, they've scaled, they're, you know, past a million dollars ARR, they're doing some good stuff. They still don't have brand. They still don't have any community. They're not putting out any content. Nobody's posting on social related to the company. And we can make that work. You know, we can run Facebook ads or LinkedIn ads or whatever it might be, and we'll bring them in leads. But we always know, we always have internal conversations. Like if we could just get the client to start producing some content, to start posting on LinkedIn, to start doing a podcast, to start doing more blog posts, whatever it might be. And blog posts, not for the point of view of SEO, but for the point of view of like, we really yeah. want to help people and we really want to add value. Um, we know that that will just, you know, you know, 10X the results we're able to get for our clients. And, you know, the challenge in one of the conversations that we've had internally is, well, what could we do to help our clients to, to create that content, right? You could lead a, a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Um, and that's something we've been giving a lot of thought to is like, how, how could we become a content facilitator? I wouldn't want to become a content agency, but become a content facilitator to help create a process for our clients to be able to create that right type of content, which allows paid ads to work so much more successfully. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I remember a friend, it was at McKinsey and he said they had a whole team over in India where, you know, he could basically just record a 30 second thought and like two days later, an article would come back. And then he could edit it and tweak it. And so I, we're kind of working towards that as an internal model um, because, you know, we've got people that are, are good writers internally, but I wonder if you could do something like that, which is, Hey, the Genesis of the concept, you know, riff, riff, give me a three minute loom mm-hmm. and I'll turn it into a draft. And then you, and you could have writers that would basically do that piece of it. I think right now people are kind of like, great, we need content here, go do it. But yeah. I feel like I have a list like, 20 long of ideas that I want to write, but I don't have the time to write them. And so I feel like there might be some model in there of it's kind of a hybrid, which is you do the inspiration. It's your overall concept. And then maybe you do the clean and then you do the cleanup. It's funny. I talked to another guy. I forget which one. He was this SEO expert and he talked about, he's like, I have, there's the A people that are doing the later stage funnel content. And there's the B and C people that are doing this you know, the earlier top of funnel content. It was just, it was a machine in a, in a process in a game. Um, I hope that, you know, like every piece of content should be good, but I think unfortunately a lot of people are just churning out like $30 pieces of content and they can, right. they can fill holes. Yeah. Listen, I, I think it's a challenge. I mean, I, I've recently hired somebody from my agency specifically to help me with this content machine. You know, I've, I've, I've seen over the years that when I start posting more, whether it's podcast episodes or whether it's, you know, more posts on LinkedIn, business happens, demand become demand gets generated, right? It happens and it works. Yet creating the consistency and, and doing it and building a machine is extremely hard. So at this age, I've actually hired somebody to help me kind of with exactly what you just said to allow me to create little loom videos or to just kind of outline some ideas and then have, have them put it together or, you know, take the recording of this podcast that we're, we're talking together and take the video and then chop it up into some pieces for me and then, and then take the transcript and turn it into content. But there's a whole process there and then, and then posting it across all the different platforms that are relevant. Um, it's a lot of work and, and it creates the, the, the idea you've probably heard, you know, people, you know, every company should be a media company. And, and it's really true. Yeah, I think that is true. Um, it's funny because every marketing tactic has its day when it's new and different. 
Mm-hmm. And then, and you can have like outsized returns and then it becomes kind of standard. And then they kind of like, they tail off and they become like cost of doing business. Um, right. Feels like, cont- you know, it's funny, like I, I, you know, paid will always be there just because it's high intent and all of that. But mm-hmm. it feels like content. I'm so saturated with content now, um, but it still works because of organic search. Um, I think if organic search <laughs> somehow started to get worse in some manner or form, like, content. So I think the content marketing, inbound marketing that HubSpot created might not be as good anymore. Well, it's hard to imagine content marketing ever not working anymore. I think the question is what type of content and on what platform? So right now, I think a lot of us in the B2B space are, are, are really focused on LinkedIn, right? There's a great community there, good content elevates and all that, but not always going to be the case. You know, at some point that'll get burned and saturated and we'll move on to the next thing. Yeah, I think you're right. I think LinkedIn is in danger of killing its own golden goose. Um, you know, the value of a connection is not worth as much anymore. I mean, I see 24 year old SDRs with 20,000 connections that are making $500 per post. Um, like that tells you that the value of a connection is broken, right? And uh, and great content doesn't necessarily get boosted by the LinkedIn algorithm. So I think there's a, you know, my, my LinkedIn feed definitely is becoming like less valuable as we go. Yeah, I think uh, I think LinkedIn has built a great community, but I don't think there's enough innovation there when it comes to bo- both the algorithm as well as their ad platform. It really has a lot to be desired. Yeah, the one neat thing about the ad platform is every time they release a new SKU, jump on it, right? Like it's uh, whatever it is, like if it's yeah, in, in feed stuff or messages or... You know, it was, I mean, they've always, they're always rolling out new ones and those always have like a really high ROI to start and then they tail off pretty quick. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, generally my approach has always been when, when something new gets, gets released, assume there's a lot of bugs in it and kind of avoid it until it starts to. Oh, to I find that stuff's, that stuff's the best, right? Like LinkedIn, it, I mean, people underprice it um, so that they will use it and it hasn't like all the advertisers haven't got there and monetized it. So right. when they were going on, like. Um, we can stick it in the inbox or we can, you know, you can send DMs and all that stuff. Yep. To like that stuff was really high ROI for a while. Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, we should probably be doing more of that, I guess. Yeah. But- well, I think it's like monitoring it and then it very quickly, I found like a three to five month thing. It starts to speak. Everyone's like, you got to get on this. And then whoop, the returns go back to where they would have been. Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess my frustration with LinkedIn ads has been their algorithm never seems to know how to optimize too well for conversion. The way that Facebook is light years ahead in terms of knowing who's likely to convert when you're when you're targeting an audience. And LinkedIn doesn't really seem to have any capability of, of doing that. And maybe it's because it's typically more sophisticated offers that are being promoted on LinkedIn. So it's harder to know who's going to convert to them. But I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's uh, the Facebook optimize. Like, let's give you the two data points and then just let the algorithm run. I was talking to somebody else that uh, does Facebook advertising recently and we were talking about like, I, I talked about targeting and um, and he's like, don't target with LinkedIn. I don't target with Facebook. Um, you know, let the algorithm, if you start yeah. to hack away at the algorithm too much, the algorithm can't perform. And so I, I thought that that was pretty insightful as well too. That's definitely the direction that's going these days. Yeah, whereas that's LinkedIn, it's all about targeting. Right. And, and that's where Facebook was a couple of years ago that we were able to, you know, kind of, you know, take a sniper approach almost on Facebook. So who do we really want to go after? And then obviously iOS 14 happened and all that. And, um, you know, it'd be nice if, uh, if LinkedIn were able to take those small audiences and still be able to, to optimize as Facebook once was able to, but hopefully they'll get there. You know, I'd like to believe they're, they're innovating over there, although I haven't really seen it. Yeah. Have you used metadata yet? 
I've not. I've looked at them. Um, they're a bit pricey on the agency side in terms of, you know, they would eat too much in tarfies that it's kind of hard ah, to, to uh, yeah. incorporate it. They used the great term, which was you get LinkedIn targeting on Facebook and other things like that. And I said, oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. I guess I, given my conversation I heard around just letting the algorithm run, it's kind of like, I'm, I haven't had a chance to use it myself, but I've, I've bought it for my teams. And we've tried similar approaches where we try to take, you know, that LinkedIn targeting onto Facebook by using Clearbit or, or a company yeah. called Versium, which is a, a less expensive, similar equivalent to, to Clearbit and taking the, those B2B audiences, you could build your ICP, export the audience, bring it into Facebook and then target those people. And it used to work better. Um, it's not working this year quite as well as it used to work about a year or two ago though. Fascinating. Yeah. You've got to always stay ahead of that area for sure. Right. right. But now the broader audiences are working. So anyways, uh, let's keep going. Um, let's jump into our lightning round, a couple of quick questions and uh, then we'll wrap things up. Um, what book could you recommend to our, to our listeners? Uh, there's one that I love called Traction. Um, I should see there's like seven books called Traction um, on Amazon, but I could look it up. Um, it is just, it's got a blue cover. It's basically like a breakdown of all channels. Mm -hmm. And then it talks about a very simple testing mechanism. And so oftentimes people are getting into B2B marketing um, or, or just like GTM, go to market. Like I will recommend that book and say like, go back and read all of that and come back with like, these are the two channels that I think make the most sense for me. And then we can talk further. And so I think that's one I, I spent a lot of time reading. And then I just reread last week on my holiday, uh, Crossing the Chasm, um, which is a good book to reread. Yeah. I've had that one recommended several times on the show. Yeah. Um, other than Gated, what would be your favorite marketing or productivity tool right now? I used TextBlaze. Um, it's, you know, one of the many text expanders. So that's been huge for us. Um, it's whether it's that one or magical or something else. Like, I think the concept there is really good, but I send a lot of the very similar links, articles, phrases mm -hmm. on LinkedIn. And so I use that a ton, right? So, Hey, cool to see you signed up. Boom. You know, and it, and it can send those types of things. So I use that a lot. Our entire team's on it now. Um, tell me the name of the product again. Uh, text blaze is one magical is another. Yeah. It's, I mean, they're cheap, um, but it's basically, you can do like slash, you know, like slash one, two, three, and that's your code and it'll pop in that snippet for you or something like that. And so it's, it's a really good way to be effective at scale. We also use it for like, how do we start to semi automate a process before we do it? Right. So everyone that follows us on LinkedIn, that's our ICP, you know, they'll get a little like, Hey, great to see you followed. Like da, 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 da. we've got a lot of people in marketing and then I'll stick in a little bit on marketing or something like that. That sounds super useful. Yeah. I'll send it over to you. You can use my yeah, sure. sign up code. Yeah, for sure. I'll take your sign up code and put it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, tell me who, who's your favorite marketer or business leader to be learning from right now. Marketer, um, I'm just having a ball with Melissa, who's our CMO. She's super sharp. Um, she's we're we're pushing the envelope on lots of things. She can move fast with a very small team. I'm a big fan of the uh, metadata folks. I mean, they put out great content. They're super thoughtful as well, too. Um, you know, beyond that, I've got three or four advisors that I meet with, like you know, on a very regular basis, and, and super focused. Is Melissa sharing content on LinkedIn or anything else? Yeah, she is. She, just, she is, and she just started a new. A group called Two Pizza Marketers. Um, and uh, so I'm not even allowed in it because I'm not technically a marketer, even though I've got that DNA. But uh, 
you know, the thesis is, and you've probably been there, like marketing is very different at a sub 10 person, i.e. like two pizza, the Amazon concept versus like I'm running a marketing team of 45 um, where everyone's tripping over each other and it's more like admin and or, or design than it is like very, very small. So I find some of the best marketers right now are, you know, you're able to innovate on very small teams and then you have agencies that you've plugged in that can help you around the edge. So Melissa's got a group of, um, I don't even know how many, but like 30 to 40 people in two pizza marketers. And if people aren't in it, they should ping her and figure out how to get in. Okay. We'll make sure that we've uh, linked up to all of her stuff in, in the show notes. Um, and lastly, where can uh, listeners go to learn more about you? Uh, me, they can always email me at Andy at gated.com. Like, because my email is gated, I'm happy to put it out there. Um, you know, if somebody donates, I guarantee a reply. Um, they can always follow me on LinkedIn as well too. And then gated.com. Okay. Awesome. Well, Andy, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been a great conversation. I know our listeners are going to get a lot out of it. I know I've gotten a lot of out of it and, uh, appreciate you taking the time. Love it, Aaron. The SaaS Marketing Superstars podcast is brought to you by Xamo Digital Marketing. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Thanks again for tuning in and keep on growing your SaaS.